Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. We have a tendency not to believe spiritual things. We like the people who were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years tend to not believe God even like these early disciples. That's something inherent to our fallen nature. But you look at these divine visitations, the atmosphere was not receptive for faith. Reaching up high with arms open wide we see You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet Pastor Ed really hit on something important for us to remember. Our fallen sin nature tends to lean towards what we can see as the default. If we can't see it, we simply don't believe it. But this is exactly the opposite of what God requires of us. God wants us to believe in Him by faith. And the Bible clearly states that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that can't be seen. The Bible also says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So be sure to stay with us today and allow your faith to grow. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, Jesus is Alive. Building in faith. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the cornerstone of the church. Without the resurrection, there would be no church. There would be no Christianity. Easter is a celebration that should be ongoing because as we think about the resurrection of Christ, it's not just Easter Sunday that we celebrate that he conquered death, the grave, and the devil, and that he lives, but it should be an ever-present reality in all of our lives. This morning we're going to look at the Gospel of St. Luke, 24th chapter. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version this morning. The disciples, let me give you the setting of chapter 24, verses 36 to 48. The setting is the disciples begin hearing reports that Jesus is risen from the dead. Two men on the Emmaus Road come back to say, we've met the risen Savior. Peter, the apostle, had an encounter with the risen Savior. The women from the tomb come running back and say, he's risen. And so they're in this room, they're discussing the resurrection, and they're not quite believing it. Chapter 24, beginning to read with verse 36 As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, 
he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish. He took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Let's ask God's blessing on his word. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would take your word and it would strengthen us for the journey of life. That we would encounter the risen Christ. Jesus is alive. May we live that truth out in our daily walk. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's interesting that none of the disciples really caught on to what Jesus had been saying, that he would rise from the dead. Now, the religious leaders did. I mean, they did their best to secure that tomb. They said in three days, he said he would rise. And so they had Roman guards to secure the tomb. But the disciples had no people watching to see when the resurrection would transpire. It just sort of went over their head. They didn't comprehend it. It was just something that they really didn't get a hold of. Jesus intentionally revealed himself to his disciples. He took the initiative. They didn't seek him out. He sought them out. If you look at the physical demonstrations of Jesus, he reappears again and again during 40 days to affirm and confirm and strengthen their faith. Even though the Bible says that 500 people saw him at once, Jesus took the initiative. He placed himself often in the path of people. He took the initiative to reveal himself to people. Now that's the way it is with God. Oftentimes, we're just like the scripture says, sheep that have turned everyone to his own way. We've gone astray. We tend to go our own way. But it's God that takes the initiative to come to reveal himself so that we might encounter him. It's only the resurrection that can explain the early church. Written over the church is the resurrection. Jesus is alive. That's the only way you could explain how these men who had gone through a traumatic experience thinking that Christ just merely died on Good Friday, suddenly were turned around to be ardent witnesses, 
to stand up before courts and kings and rulers willing to lay down their lives. If Jesus had not risen from the dead, there would be no Christianity, there would be no church, we would not be here worshiping today. It's an attested truth, historically. I want you to look at the evidence given. You know, it's very easy for us to doubt God. It's so easy for us to just slip into unbelief. Think about how one report after another, after another came to that apostolic band. Here they heard that Jesus is risen. The women came. Peter saw him. The two men from the Emmaus Road. But yet, they couldn't grasp it. We have a tendency not to believe spiritual things. We like the people who were wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years tend to not believe God, even like these early disciples. That's something inherent to our fallen nature. But you look at these divine visitations, the atmosphere was not receptive for faith. When Jesus came and appeared among them, it wasn't ready to accept and believe, no. (sighs) They were just skeptical, much like, our world today, much like people are today. But Jesus proved himself there was physical evidence. One thing that all of the cults and the liberal church attacks is the physical resurrection of Jesus from the grave. The cults like Jehovah Witnesses, like the Mormons, uh, the liberal church, they attack the truth that Jesus Christ was raised from the grave physically. In Luke chapter 24, verses 39 to 40, you see the physical evidence. He says, see my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. Later, he takes and he eats food in front of them. He had a digestive system. Uh, He was physical. Now, Jesus had a resurrected body, far different in some ways than his body before the resurrection. Uh, This resurrected body could materialize and dematerialize. He could walk through solid objects, go into a room and just walk through uh, a wall or come through into a room even though the door was closed. The Bible tells us that we're going to have a body like unto our Lord. That in the resurrection, our body is going to be similar to the body of Christ. What a blessed hope. What a wonderful promise. A body that will not know sickness, no age. A body that will be far greater than the one that we presently have. We will have the same body, but it will be transformed. And so Jesus tells us, or the scriptures tell us, that there was physical evidence. Jesus physically was raised from the dead. It wasn't an apparition. It wasn't a ghost. It wasn't a spirit. Jesus corrects them. He says, spirit does not have flesh and blood as you see I have. 
all of their senses said to them Jesus was alive. They saw him with their eyes. They heard him with their ears. They touched him with their hands. They conversed with him. They knew he was there. Oftentimes, we don't realize that God visits us, but he does. Maybe not always in the same way that he did with the disciples in a physical form, but how many of you have had the experience you're sitting in a room and you just sense somebody's presence has come in? Maybe a spouse or a child, and you just know one of your family members is there. They didn't say anything, they were real quiet, but you just sense them there. Oftentimes, sitting in a room praying, worshiping in the congregation, driving in the car, you sense the presence of Jesus. And you just know he's there. Now, he did appear to Paul on the Damascus Road, and he has appeared throughout the centuries to men and women. I've never had a physical vision of Christ. I do know people who have heard his audible voice. I have sensed his presence. Jesus Christ revealed himself historically by the physical resurrection. But Jesus Christ also, again and again, reveals himself to the church. I think about how they not only saw him physically, but they really experienced Christ's presence experientially. In verses 36 to 38, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. He said to them, Why are you troubled? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? We are so prone to doubt and fear. We are so prone to believe our doubts rather than to believe God. That's the fallen aspect of our human nature. That's the bent of our fallen nature. Again and again, God can speak to us and we seem to forget it. We seem to let those words slip from our mind and be stolen from our heart. Jesus addressed their doubts. Aren't you glad that Jesus just didn't, I mean, rake them over to the cold, rebuke them harshly. He was so gentle with them because he knows our human nature. He was so gentle with them in the way he dealt with their faults and their failures and their unbelief. He said, see, Touch me. I'm here. Oftentimes, I believe that God comes to his people again and again. You're sitting in a service and there's a prophetic word and you just know that you know it was for you. You're somehow doing something and all of a sudden someone says something and it's like you hear the voice of God and you just know that God's speaking to you. He's touched your body. He's put peace in your soul in the midst of a storm where you could explain it no other way. 
He's opened doors that you couldn't open yourself. He's done things for you that you know are just supernatural. How is everything going to be affected now for them? And Now that he's risen, what does that mean? The disciples had more questions than they had answers. They wondered, okay, he, he's alive, but what does that mean to me? Will he now sit on the throne of David and change the nation of Israel? Will he continue to walk by the Sea of Galilee and heal the sick? What's going to be the results of his resurrection? And I'm sure they had all sorts of questions, but he was telling them he was going to ascend. He was going to go back to the Father. What did that mean for them? There are times that we can't fully interpret God and understand God in our lives. Times it feels like you're living on the slope of a question mark. Where you have more questions than you have answers. At those times, take your doubts, your fears, lay them at his feet, and expect and believe that God will reveal over time his will. He does, he did to the disciples because they weren't sure how everything was fully going to work out. But their lives would be forever altered by their encounter with the risen Savior. They had a new purpose, a new mission, a new destiny, a new direction. Their lives were changed permanently and forever as they embraced the resurrected Christ, as they believed, as they received. And so our lives, when we fully embrace and fully receive, it's changed. Now, they could have walked out and said, Lord, we're not going to follow you. Their life would have gone on and nothing would have been changed. But when you really encounter the risen Lord and you follow him, and you live in the light of Easter, your life is never the same. Every experience that we have must be, has to be grounded in Scripture. There are people who are in some New Age religion and experience some mystical type of experience, and they put this interpretation to it, and say, oh, yeah, yeah, and they, and they begin to believe all sorts of things. There are people in the cults, there are people who are Buddha, uh, worship Buddha, who worship Muhammad, and they have all these religious experiences, but those religious experiences are often false and unreal and subjective. Jesus grounded the events and their experience the physical resurrection and the experience in Scripture. Where does he take them? Well, in verses 44 to 45, he says, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their mind to understand the Scriptures. Very early on in Jesus' ministry, he said to the religious leaders, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. 
and it is they that bear witness of me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Jesus reproved, corrected the religious leaders because they searched the scriptures and the scriptures testified of him. All the way from Genesis to Malachi in the Old Testament, they testify about Jesus. Now, I would have loved to hear Jesus expound the Old Testament pictures of him. Imagine how he would have opened up the law to them and show them how the, how the whole sacrificial system pointed to him. He was the Lamb of God that would be slain to take away the sins of the world. And every time the high priest would go in and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat, he would be speaking about Jesus Christ. Every time a priest would offer a lamb, a sacrifice, it would be pointing towards him. When Abraham took his son Isaac up to Mount Moriah and was ready to offer him on an altar of sacrifice, it was a prefigure of Jesus. He went right through the Old Testament he took him into the prophets. And the early church followed Jesus' example. In the prophet Isaiah, in chapter 53, we have minute description of Christ dying for us. That was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And in the scripture, again and again, you see the New Testament church going back to that. In Acts chapter 8, the evangelist Philip was having a revival meeting and God said, I want you to go into the desert. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the book of Isaiah. And God spoke to Philip. He said, go up beside this Ethiopian eunuch. So he ran up beside him and he was reading Isaiah chapter 53. And Philip said, what are you reading? He says, well, I'm reading the prophets. I, I don't understand it. And Philip explained it to him and he led that Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord and there he was baptized in the desert see again and again the New Testament church used the Old Testament to prove who Jesus Christ was Psalm 22 it speaks about the suffering of Jesus on the cross if you look at that Psalm you realize that David didn't experience that he couldn't have experienced that but that clearly it's a messianic prophecy concerning Messiah when he dies on the cross. So one by one, Jesus took the disciples through Old Testament, through the law, through the prophet, through the Psalms, showing that he had to die, suffer, and be raised from the dead, and that he was Messiah. Our faith is built on a firm foundation. Our faith is built on a physical fact that Jesus physically was raised from the dead. There would be no church if he had not. It's based on an experience. We, along with that early church, have experienced the presence of God. We've experienced encounters with him. You come in the church and sometimes you just are overwhelmed with his presence. Throughout the journey of life, you could look back and journal. There are seasons when God does seem distant, but there are seasons when he is so near and you know it. We know from the sacred scriptures that Jesus Christ is alive. James Stewart, a preacher, said, Christianity is essentially a religion of resurrection. That's our hope. That's what we focus on, the resurrection. Now, we have the evidence of that resurrection, 
the evidence that he's alive, but there was an assignment given to those he encountered. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God right here on Building in Faith. Your